Hi, friends. I'm Tierney. And I'm Shelby. And we're Dead Dead Drunk. Drunk. This case is one of those cases that just doesn't make sense. To some, it was a tragic accident that took a young life. To her family, friends, and groups of protesters, there was someone there that night that knows more. In a case with surveillance footage, a full hotel room of friends, and even an internet broadcast, how is it that we still have questions? The biggest one being, what exactly happened to Kanika Jenkins? Hey guys, what's up? Not much. Same. <laughs> same. We're recording this the same day that we recorded the other one, so I, I guess we don't really need to pretend that we have other things to talk yeah. about. We, you know, sometimes we have bulk recording sessions. Sometimes yeah. we and do sometimes. it week by week. Yeah, that, you know, we're we're only human. <laughs> Then you what when you fall down? <laughs> Isn't it like I bleed? Yeah, but I, I thought you said down. pee. Like I, I pee when I fall down, <laughs> and I pee when I fall down. <laughs> Can you imagine if somebody rewrote that for like the the um the the necklace that old people wear? What is that called? The life alert. And like, life I'm alert. Only human, <laughs> and I pee when I fall down. <laughs> I've fallen in peace <laughs> and I can't get up. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. Uh, That's kind of off topic, don't be sorry. isn't don't it? Don't even be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We we always get off topic, but we somehow bring it back, right? I mean, I'm not really sure how to get back from my pee when I fall down, but, <laughs> but let's try and make that leap. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh i know all right what can i drink before i pee and fall down <laughs> oh let me tell you <laughs> so this week for our drink we're drinking a cocktail that's named for a kardashian but it makes sense i promise um i found this one on palmersquarecollective.com and it's called the chicago west cognac cocktail um Kanika jenkins lived in the west suburb of chicago um and that's where the whole case takes place and we know that she was drinking cognac on that night, Hennessy to be exact, but it just like it all fits wow. together. That's a really good fit. I was going to say that's such a great connection, <laughs> right? Uh, so it's an extensive recipe, but if you're like me and would need a good mix of ingredients to drink cognac in the first place, it's definitely worth it. Uh, so what you're going to do is take three blackberries and lightly muddle them in a shaker. Oh, you weren't kidding. Like step one, get blackberries. Oh, muddle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then you're going to add a shot of cognac, a shot of pear nectar, which I think you can find in cans at the grocery store, a dash of allspice, a quarter ounce of lime juice, and a half ounce of ginger simple syrup, which you can make at home by just infusing regular simple syrup, which is just sugar and water, with some shaved ginger and then straining it. Uh, You want to shake it up, strain it into a glass, and top it off with a can of sparkling water. You can garnish with a lime and a blackberry. And there you have the Chicago West Cognac Cocktail. Wow. That sounds...
sounds drinkable. I personally have never tried cognac, so I don't know how undrinkable it is, but that oh, sounds I, really good. I have had a Henny once on the train to the Yankees game because my friend that I went with just brought a bottle of Henny on the train and we drank okay. it on the way there and it, I did not enjoy it, <laughs> but it was also I, gone. I by love the, time the taste there. of, I love the taste of pear and peaches. So I, that sounds really, really good. Yeah. Right. And I mean, if you don't have cognac, I feel like this is even just like a delicious drink for any liquor. I, I could see myself drinking this with vodka, too. I was going to say, it sounds like it would work really well with whiskey, too. Yeah. So, are you ready for the case? Drink up, dead drunkies. Kanika Jenkins was a sweet, happy, giggly 19-year-old girl. Her friends described her as goofy. She loved to smile. She loved to eat and watch Netflix. But she was also very driven. She worked two jobs, and she had plans to attend nursing school. Kanika grew up in a crime-ridden neighborhood, which is not unusual for Chicago. Because of the danger, what many people would do, or at least what her friends would do, was have hotel parties because it was the safest place for them all to go and congregate together since being outside on the streets was so dangerous and because they were underage, they couldn't really go to a bar or something like that. That's pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. So on the night of September 8th, 2017, Kanika and her friends went to a hotel room party expecting to have a normal fun night as they usually did. They chose the Crown Plaza Hotel in a wealthy suburb of Rosemont for her friend Irene's birthday party. I guess this hotel was a little less strict than some of the other ones around for parties and stuff like that. Cool. On the way there in her mother's car, Kanika and her friends reportedly picked up a bottle of Hennessy, a Bluetooth speaker, an energy drink, and some weed. So the essentials. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you go on a hotel party. This you need is the honey. You need weed. You need a Bluetooth <laughs> speaker and an energy drink. <laughs> just one single energy drink. Is this just Kanika? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess maybe one of them just wanted okay. one while they were there. <laughs> Kanika is seen on surveillance arriving at the hotel around 1:10 a.m. with three other girls. Kanika and her friends partied, posting pictures of their night as they usually would. At around 3 a.m., they decided they were done and it was time to go home. I'm not sure which of them was planning to drive, but remember they had Kanika's mom's car. Once they got into the elevator, Kanika realizes that she forgot her keys and cell phone, so her friends went back to get it for her in the hotel room, leaving her in the hallway alone. I don't know why they all had to go back to search for her things but like if you're if you're she was like waiting for the elevator and then she's like oh no i don't have my keys or my phone so they went back to try to look for it for her oh okay um, and left her standing in front of the elevator that seems odd why would she not go back she was pretty drunk as we'll come to find out oh okay when they come back with her things though kanika is just gone oh this is why you so don't her- leave your pretty drunk friends alone though yeah, Dude. and I just I don't know why all three of them went back into the into the room to get her stuff. I think two of them sense. could have gone and somebody could have stayed with her mm-hmm. if she was that drunk that they were getting it for her. I don't really know. Um, so her friends start to search for her around the hotel but can't find her. However, because of surveillance, we know Kanika's next movements. Kanika got into the elevator and then she is seen getting off the elevator at 3.32 a.m., 
I want you to watch the video. I'm going to just share my screen and show it to you. Okay. The police released like this whole video of the timeline with surveillance footage, but I'm just going to show you where we are in the night. So there she is getting out of the elevator. Okay. Oh my gosh. So really drunk. Yeah. Is she is she going into a door? Oh no, she was just leaning against the wall there. Oh good yeah, gosh. She can barely stand up. She should not have been left alone at all. No. She's literally like zigzagging across the hallway, hitting walls and things. In yeah, it almost doesn't look like she's walking. It almost, oh, before she like stumbled and almost fell backwards, it kind of looked like she was dancing a little uh, bit. Yeah, almost. She like. <sighs> How did she even get down here? Now she's in the kitchen of the hotel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of just goes off camera and I'm going to pause it there because I'll come, I'll come back to the thing later. Wow. That was, she was far too drunk to ever have been left alone. That. Yeah. So after staggering down the hall for a while, we see Kanika enter an unused kitchen in the hotel. And she walks towards the back of this kitchen and then eventually walks off camera. And that's the last time that we see Kanika Jenkins alive. Whoa. That's so strange. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what the motive is there. I mean, I guess if you're really drunk, you don't really have a logical motive maybe. Right. But also where were her friends? Why would you not like you, you knew that you were all going to get on the elevator. So yeah, I don't know. They, I mean, it. I guess it took them like 10, 15 minutes to find her phone. She doesn't have her phone at this point? Oh, no. she left it in the room. Her friends went back to get her phone and it took them like 10 to 15 minutes to find oh, it. Oh, okay. And then so when in they the time that they were searching the room, she has managed to get all the way down to the kitchen. Yes. Okay. So at about 4 a.m., Kanika's friends call Kanika's mother to ask if she's arrived back home because they can't find her anywhere at the hotel. So they think maybe she went home and like got in a cab or something. Her friends then bring the car back to her mother and the whole group plus some of her other relatives come back to the hotel together to keep looking for Kanika. At 7.15 a.m. on September 9th, Kanika's mom reports Kanika missing to police or at least she tries to. So I have a recording of the 911 call. I'm going to play it for you now. 911, where's the address of your emergency? Yes, I'm at the Crown, uh, Crown Plaza at O'Hare Airport. And I was calling because my daughter came to, this, uh, to a party here last night, a gathering with her friends. And um, now her friends, they say that they left on the front of the hotel and she's not able to be found now. She's 19 years old. But the one issue we have, and it's not necessarily that it's, that it's an issue, but she is an adult. She is 19 years old. And, um, I mean, as a Hold right on, now, she's 19 years old? That's my daughter. She's 19. Her name is Kanika Jenkins, K-E-N-E-E-K-A. No, yes, yes, yes. No, I, I remember that. You told me that she's 19. But um, what I'm saying is that, is that she, again, she's only been gone for a couple hours. She's... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's, you know, she could be somewhere with one of her friends or 
something because, I mean, it, again, it, it is only a couple hours since you hadn't seen her, correct, or since her friend supposedly hadn't seen her? Correct. Let's say about um, four, three to four hours now. Well then, well, well then. So that in, in that case, what I would, what I, uh, what I would recommend, just you know, go home, relax a little bit, give it some time. She could, she, of all we know, she very well could still be in the room. She, she could just be passed out. You know, again, you know how it is. You drink in the the night before, you get, you know what I mean, whatever else have you. So just give it a couple hours. You know, maybe see if you know, see if she'll get a hold of you again. You know, give her some time. You know, again, maybe she, you know, maybe she went to one of her other friends' places, or maybe she is still in the room. You know, just knocked, you know, knocked out. You know what I mean? Yes, I thank you. Okay, and so when do you? How long does it take for me to file a missing person report? Well, well, you can you can file it at any at at, uh, at any time. It just uh, like I said, you know, just you know, just give it a little bit of time. You know, if if you hadn't heard from her by, I want to say about ten, eleven o'clock, then. By all means, you know, give us a call again. You can come to the station, and uh, we can help you out from there. Okay, thank you. Well, right. I'll do that. Okay, thank you okay. so much, okay? Okay. Oh, you're very welcome. Have a good day. You too. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. 301, everything 10-4? Negative. I have that uh, subject in the kitchen in a freezer. She is frozen solid. 10-4, 600. 600 copies. Make notification, Rosemont. 601, you copy? Jerry, what kitchen you in? I'm in the rear by the uh, dock area by the garbage. Okay, so <laughs> the dispatcher convinces Kanika's mom to just, like, sit tight, right? And not report her missing yet because she might show back up. Um, the audio was also edited in the episode of True Life Crime on MTV that aired back in January. Uh, Kanika was actually the first episode of that series, and it was done pretty well. I would suggest you guys watch it if you're interested in hearing more. But the call to the 911 operator is even more frustrating because Kanika's mom asks the dispatcher at this point if they can send an officer to get the surveillance video from the hotel. And he's like, well, we could hypothetically send someone, but it would take a while. And so he kind of like convinces her not to take that step yet. Which, I mean, everybody knows, like you guys obviously know that like the first 48 hours that a person goes missing is really important so it's just it's so frustrating because you never know if she had filed the missing persons report had they started with getting the um you know the surveillance video at this time you never know if she could have been found right alive that's so they're not thinking that it's a time sensitive case it sounds like they're thinking she's right. Not not like a runaway, but like she's just being f a flighty teen. Yeah, and she she hasn't been missing for that long. Like you don't know where she is. I don't know. So 
at 1.16 p.m., Kanika still hasn't shown up and is finally entered into the data system as a missing person. That's a whole six hours later. Wow. So, like, as I said before, any time during this first 48 hours is valuable time, and now that six hours has been wasted. Had they started searching at 7.15 a.m., they, they might have been able to find a better outcome. So... At 1.15, this is when police search the hotel the first time and they don't find her. They leave, but Kanika's family keeps looking because they are, they're still trying to find her, obviously. But the police leave. By 8.30 that night, Kanika's family has resorted to knocking on hotel room doors to try to find Kanika. The hotel actually calls 911 to report them because they're disturbing guests by knocking on their doors. So that's when the police come back. And because of this, they finally ask to view surveillance footage. They hadn't before. Wow. Yeah. That would be the first thing that I do. You don't have to look through the hotel if you just look at the footage. Yeah. I don't know why they hadn't looked at it the first time. Meanwhile, they tell the family, like, if you hear anything, let us know. We're going to go finally watch this footage now. It kind of seems like the family is doing most of the police work in this case. Yeah. The family and friends were immediate in their search, which I really appreciate. I mean, you don't you don't know what happened. It could be time sensitive. It could be that somebody just took up, took off and went to the bar or went home. But shouldn't you overreact? Right. To something like that? Instead of underreact. Exactly. Right. What's the harm in overreacting and getting together at a search party? Even if you find them just at home, at least you found them. Exactly. So at 12.23 a.m. on September 10th, a hotel worker goes down to the kitchen and finds Kanika Jenkins. She is on the floor in the walk-in freezer and is unresponsive. She's laying on her side in the corner of the freezer, like the front. So if you were to walk in, it would be the front right corner. That's like almost that she like just walked in and it's like right there. Oh, wow. Um, and her legs are in front of the door. Wow. And so this is at the same time that the police are viewing the footage, a kitchen, a hotel. This is later. I think that they might have viewed the foot. I don't. This is at 1223 a.m. Because it just doesn't make sense. Like, if if you could watch the footage, the first place you should go is the kitchen. Right. Because that's where it showed her going. I'm not sure what parts of the footage they were able to see yet. I have no idea. It might take a little while to, like, actually secure the footage. But it's really reflective on Chicago police that a hotel worker found her first. Yes. I mean, she's she's right there. Mm-hmm. So one of her shoes is completely off her foot. Um, her foot is bleeding a little bit. And her pants, I don't think, are completely on her body. Um, in some photos, they look like they're fine. But in others, it seems as if that somebody like pulled them up really hastily or they're like falling down. Maybe they were a little big and they were falling down a little bit but they were kind of like below her hip a little bit not so that she was exposed but they weren't like completely on does that make sense yeah at which when, I'm, and in the footage they look like they fit her and it would actually take some effort she had like a real nice booty so it looks like it would take <laughs> you some effort to get out of jeans right yeah. she was wearing jeans right yeah, yeah. so i don't i don't know but I, people online have said oh i don't think they were completely on her they were kind of falling down her breasts were also exposed, but I don't know if you could tell by the footage. She was wearing like a really small crop top that was like almost like a bra underneath her 
jean jacket. So I could see that being like a slip as they're moving her body to take pictures. Right. Okay. I, um, I didn't notice the crop top, but I did notice they were jeans and jeans. I don't have the butt that she has. And I have to take some effort in taking off jeans and putting on jeans. Yeah. So that actually takes some conscious effort. Yeah. A crop top can slip down on everybody. <laughs> right, exactly. So the hotel worker goes and gets one of the officers who is seemingly close by and shows him the discovery. The officer gets on his radio to report that he has Kanika and that she is frozen solid. Is that true or he just... Yeah. she. Oh, I mean, okay. she was in the freezer all night. Wow. Oh my gosh. For like, She was probably in there for like 24, almost 24 hours at this point. Wow. So Kanika is pronounced dead at the scene and four hours later they remove her from the freezer. The Cook County Medical Examiner ruled that the death of Kanika Jenkins was an accident. The cause? Hypothermia. They also listed alcohol, prescription drugs that were used to either treat migraines or epilepsy were also in her system and listed as contributing factors to her death. What? prescription drug out there is used for both of those I, things i don't know it's called like tr, tr- I, it starts with a t i didn't write it down because i didn't think i could pronounce it um that's fair i just it seems i mean that seems weird like i take migraine medication sometimes after drinking a lot because i just want to like get ahead of it but it's not also used for epilepsy so i'm just yeah which is weird so was this an accident? Would Kanika have just wandered into the freezer and died all on her own? That's what police are saying, but Kanika's family and friends don't believe it. Kanika's friends tell police that she wasn't really the type to get sloppy drunk. And apparently she didn't really like to take pills either. I guess there were a lot of party drugs that her friends would do, but her friend Irene said that a lot of their friends would do the pills, but Kanika didn't like how they made her feel, so she didn't do any. It doesn't feel like this is a party drug, though. Yeah, ex- that's exactly what I was about to say. She she didn't have epilepsy, right? So she wasn't taking these drugs f- for migraines. Um, her family immediately assumed that somebody put the drugs in her drink, but the thing is, the drugs found in her system were not even party drugs. Like, these were not the drugs that her friends were taking. So no one's really sure why she took it, where she got it from, what is up with that? I have no idea. It's a huge mystery in this case. Yeah, that seems it sounds like like the kind of thing that you might like if you if your head hurt and you just asked somebody if they had anything for a headache and yeah. they gave you something. Maybe. Maybe. But I, in the footage, it doesn't look like she runs into anybody. I mean, I know it's not right. the whole night. Well, it kind of looks like it's her whole night, but. Yeah. It doesn't look like there's anybody else out in the hotel Mm -hmm. room for her to ask for pills. So that's really strange. Exactly. So Kanika's family believes they closed the case way too early and didn't treat it seriously enough, which I kind of agree with. They believe there's more to the story. Kanika would not have just wandered into the freezer and died, right? I wouldn't think so. (laughs) Well, some people look at the evidence we've presented so far and believe the police that it was an accident. 
I've seen in Facebook groups online discussing this case that the Crown Plaza Hotel was basically a maze and it was really hard to navigate even when you're completely sober. In addition, the freezer was one of those large ones that functioned like a walk-in cooler. And some people think that if she drunkenly wandered in there, the door could have shut behind her and she may not have been able to find the latch to get back out. It was like a white circular thing that you had to push to get out. So if if she got in there and was trying to like turn it or something, maybe she couldn't figure it out. But um, I don't think it was that hard to get out. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, she does seem really sloppy drunk. And I'm not 100% sure that if I was that drunk, I would be able to figure out how to get out. Right. But I so I can see how it could be ruled an accident. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem good enough. I, I if I don't know if that's the way to put it but it doesn't seem right i mean she maybe it's just never gonna be right but it it's just it's so strange and it's really the drugs in her system that are really the strange part to me that are really the question mark because i don't yeah i don't understand how you could have gotten those right exactly so maybe it was an accident but what if it wasn't Uh, We've been covering some older cases recently, I feel like, but this was in 2017. So not only is there surveillance footage, but we have a group of teenagers that are posting on social media the whole night. Mm -hmm. There are various Snapchats, Instagram photos, and what many web sleuths consider to be the biggest piece of evidence investigators should have been using, which is a Facebook live stream. Irene Roberts, the birthday girl, goes live to her followers at about 1.36 a.m., The reason this is so important is because it's probably the last known recording of Kanika's voice just before she goes missing. Oh, right. She goes missing like two hours later. Yeah. There is a lot of speculation circling this video. So let's start with what we definitely know. Kanika can be heard saying, girl, I'm not drunk. And this is at like 1.36 a.m. But... According to Irene, who spoke in a Zach TV interview, and Irene has not really spoken out otherwise, um, says that that was how you knew Kanika was drunk when she would try to claim she wasn't, which I completely get. Like, I'm not even drunk. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I've heard people say that. Before. I've probably said that before. You know what I mean? I completely believe that. I believe that she was already drunk at 136. Irene also said that Kanika started drinking out of a cup, but eventually just began taking swigs from the bottle of Hennessy. And again, I said, Irene said a lot of her friends did pills, but Kanika didn't that night because she didn't like the way they felt. Yeah, I I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with any of the behavior. Yeah, I think we've both definitely said, I'm not drunk when we were drunk. And we've both definitely stopped using cups and had swigs right from bottles before. (laughs) So it's not... Yeah, Any it's not out of, out the, of the ordinary, ordinary behavior. Yeah, obviously, like they were trying to party. They got the Hennessy. It's not like, she, you know what I mean? They were trying to get drunk. So it makes sense that she that's what she'd yeah. be doing. Another part of the video that's widely discussed is the fact that the group in the background of this video is talking about $200. And people on the Internet have speculated that the $200 was somehow involved and tied to Kanika's death, either that they had paid a hitman that amount or that they were planning to sell her organs for that amount. Um, In the interview, Irene claims that they were simply talking about a parking ticket, which for um, Chicago, I completely believe that a parking ticket would cost you, especially if you didn't pay it the first time. I think if I get a parking ticket outside of my house, 
don't pay it, it eventually escalates to $200. Like $200 to sell organs or to pay a hitman is just crazy, honestly. Yeah, I think it's entirely possible. Right. Yeah, I don't know what hitman would accept $200 to take a life. And that that hitman is not going to get the job done. And anyway, who... Uh, what? Uh, you're just going to sell organs for $200? I feel like you can get a lot more for organs. Yeah. And so I, I was thinking it was like a hotel bill or something that they were oh, talking yeah, about honestly, splitting. Yeah, that would have made sense too. It It... The criminal thing, thoughts behind the $200 don't make sense. The yeah. criminal aspect of it. It just mm-hmm. it just makes more sense for somebody to be talking about a parking ticket or an unpaid bill or something. Right. So the interviewer, Zach Stoner, claims that she seemed very honest. And to be fair, that makes the most sense to me as well. He also discussed mm-hmm. that in that area of Chicago, if they were going to plan to kill someone... They wouldn't make it as elaborate as bringing them into a place with heavy surveillance and like this whole charade. They would just shoot them because I getting shot in Chicago all the time and it's not solved. Right. So I, I that would gather less attention than what actually happened. Exactly. Because this ended up getting like national media coverage. Yeah. So Kanika's best friend Bree Bree did an interview on the True Life Crime Show even today, she's sobbing during this interview. This is, I don't know when the interview was, but it, it went out, it aired in 2020. Um, she was part of all the search efforts for Kanika, and she knows in her heart that there was more to the story than just her ending up in the freezer. She believes she did not put herself there. That's so hard. I mean, she must, uh, what we've been saying this whole time is that, like, you can't leave your drunk friends alone. Do not split up when you're drinking. Just don't go it alone and so she must feel so much survivor's guilt for being there that night and leaving Kanika alone right there's also footage of her like after the funeral like crying and and there's other stuff going around about like some of the other friends live streaming on Facebook after being in good spirits which you never know how you're going to react I don't think that makes them guilty yeah, it doesn't make a person guilty. I have made jokes and we've all laughed after my own grandmother's funeral. So, like, it, you you have to try. You can't just, like, wallow in it. You have to. Yeah. So, I don't think it's an admission of guilt at all. You don't know how you're going to react in that situation. And guilt is processed. Or not guilt. Sorry. <laughs> um, but loss is processed in a lot of different ways. Right, exactly. I prefer to laugh or make other people laugh mm-hmm. as my own form I, of I am hoping. the exact same way, yeah. Yeah. So, Kanika's family believe that the hotel staff are covering some... Part of the surveillance that was released was the moment the employee found her in the freezer. And we say it all the time, and you never know how you're going to react. But having said that, this man is seen walking off in the same direction that Kanika was towards the freezers and then goes off camera. He's there for about two seconds and he walks out to find an officer, but he does not look surprised. He does not look phased literally at all. Um, If you didn't know that he just walked in and saw a dead girl in the freezer, you might've thought that he went in there to get a snack or something. Like, I guess he is like walking a little bit faster, but he's not, he doesn't run out of the freezer to go get somebody. He's just very nonchalant and it's kind of 
weird. That is strange because if you, I mean, I know that there are some instances where people were like, oh, I didn't, I thought it was a mannequin. This is a freezer in a kitchen. And you know that this girl went missing. The whole hotel is on. Yeah, yeah. But you don't expect any, any body to be in the freezer when you right. open it. If you're the first one in there, you're going to open the freezer and there's a search going on for a missing girl. I would be running. Right. That's very, exactly. very suspicious. Exactly. I know that we just negated what we just said where you never know how you're going to react but i would hope that most people if they discover a body and someone is known to be missing in the vicinity i would be absolutely terrified also yeah and i would run i would be running yeah so police released all this footage to try to convince the public no foul play what we just saw on the surveillance but in Mm. doing so they've only made the public more suspicious Pretty much everybody in the episode of True Life Crime, her family, her friends, and even Zach TV, uh, believed that the footage had been tampered with in some way. Um, Doug Carner, an AV forensic analyst, took a look at this footage, but according to him, because it's a EXE file, there's no way that it could have been tampered with. There's no software out there that can convert something back to an EXE file, which is what they would have needed okay. to do. If they had tampered with it and then because it was still in that. Does that make sense? So if you're at a video, you can't put it back into EXE. So. Yeah, that sounds like pretty solid evidence that it, it isn't tampered with. Though. Right. So we can prove that that is the actual footage from the from the cameras. But they did. I What at least what we saw and what I believe people have seen is that's that showed Kaneko walking into the kitchen. And walking into the hotel. Mm -hmm. You don't know if once they cut the cameras after that, you don't know if she came back out. You don't know if there are other people there. You don't know what footage they didn't release. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, that makes more sense because she might have come. She might have ran into somebody around that corner and they did something. But we don't see that part. So Kanika's family believes that... It was a sexual assault gone wrong that may have killed Kanika. Um, Paul Cialino, a crime scene investigator hired by True Life Crime, had a lot to say about the crime scene and how Kanika's body was found, though. There's no real evidence of a struggle. Kanika's fingernails were all intact, and she had, like, acrylics, like, long fingernails. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no bruising. Kanika probably would have put up a fight. Right, you would expect. There is the bleeding on her foot, the one where her shoe was taken off, but... Cialino claims that this is consistent with somebody rolling all around on the floor, which is not uncommon in a case of hypothermia. Yeah. He says that there's nothing that would indicate an attack. And in his opinion, she walked into the freezer and then immediately just like went down and fell asleep and didn't even try to get out. Wow. That's I mean, I. I can't. I personally am leaning towards accident. Really? I I mean, I know that there's a lot of footage that we don't have, but all of these analysts and I mean, crime scene analysts, especially that can look at the scene and the body and kind of say, "Mm, I don't see any evidence of sexual assault. I don't. And the fact that all of her fingernails are intact kind of also leads me to believe that, yeah, he's he's probably right in his assumption. And she didn't try to get out. Because I would have broken all of my fingernails off trying to get out of there. Yeah. But she, it, and when you're drunk, it, you're not thinking logically. Right. 
you, she might have opened this door and found a place to lie down. Maybe she was looking for a place to well, lie down. Yeah, I don't know, she but, might have opened it thinking it was a door. Again, they said the the hotel's like a maze. She was she, right. she might have been outside. Maybe she was feeling I don't I don't know where where she was trying to go. Um, yeah, maybe she thought she was outside because it was cold. She could have just walked in there and passed out. Like we saw how drunk she was walking through these hallways. So it's possible that she passed out drunk in there. And because it's a freezer. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of theories floating around because it's so strange. It's and honestly, if I was a friend or a family member, I would also want to believe that something else happened that she didn't just decide to go into the freezer. But you also have to think that she was drunk. She was very drunk. And so mm-hmm. although it's very unfortunate and tragic, it to me, it looks like she was a little too drunk. She got herself into a situation that she couldn't get out of and was unfortunately too inebriated to fully understand mm-hmm. and died because of that. Yeah. But what if there really is something more to it? I agree with you that it seems like an accident. But being an internet sleuth myself, I did some digging and I found what looks like a witness statement that was never officially released. Could it have been falsified? Absolutely. But we're here to speculate. So put your tinfoil hats on um, because... I'm going to read you what it says on the witness statement. Um, The name is blacked out, but everything else is not. Um, Again, could could be completely falsified, could be somebody trying to stir things on the Internet. But if there is any truth to it, I feel like it's really important. Um, It says on September 9th, 2017, at about maybe 2.30 a.m., I went to the Crown Plaza Hotel to chill with my boy Macho, who works as the midnight security. Maybe twice a week, I go there to spark up with Macho on his break. We go down to the kitchen area that's closed and we smoke up in the cooler. Usually it's just me and Macho, but on this night, there was an older man who looked like a janitor smoking with us. Macho introduced us, but I forgot his name. So maybe 15 to 20 minutes into our session, here comes some drunk chick walking into the cooler. Everybody, including the girl, stopped and stared. The girl looked drunk and a little surprised, but when she looked at Macho, she seemed to recognize him. Then she started to smirk, walking toward us. She asked Macho what he was doing down here. She almost fell to the side and said those bitches taken too long with her shit and she needs some air. She was talking with her eyes closed and it was hard to hear her. She told Macho she feels funny and then Macho grabbed her by the waist and told her he would make her feel better. Macho started looking at us smiling and started taking her down. She could barely resist but she was asking him what he's doing. Macho started sex from behind and her body was limp with no energy and soon me and the other guy went. I felt stupid. Macho went to go again, but started getting crazy and bit her titty. And that's when she finally got some energy and grabbed Macho by the face and smacked him. Macho got so mad, he picked her up and slammed her right on her face. She started to bleed and we told Macho to chill, but he was pissed. He put the bag over her head and she was on the floor fighting. Then we stopped him and took it off. Then Macho picked her up and threw her in one of the freezers. She was still alive, but was coughing and crying. Macho turned to the fr- turned the freezer on and shut the lights off and told us let's go. The next day Macho told me she died and the family and friends were causing trouble but not to worry because his guy would and then it's very blurry and I don't know what it says but 
I think he meant to say that they would cover it up or his guy would take care of it. And then says something like, she wasn't supposed to die. We were just having fun. And I, I don't know what to think of this because part of it's consistent and part of it's not. Yeah, but there are parts that don't add up. I mean, there there were no injuries on her face, right? And there was no bite mark listed from her breasts. So, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how hard he bit her, though. Also, like, you don't always see a mark. But I think that you would still be able to. I think that on on a breast, if you really bit, which is just biting at all, you would. Yeah, maybe. You know, if if he bit enough to make her react, which I guess she was so drunk to not do before, it it must have been Yeah, hard. that's true. Um, From the story, it sounds like it was hard and would leave some kind of evidence. Right, exactly. And so that's what that's the part that I don't necessarily believe about this is like the physical evidence of it. What is consistent is what happened when you think about her saying her friends were taking too long with her shit since they were looking for her phone for like 10 to 15 minutes um, or that she needed some air. Right. That all like kind of fits with the story. But right. thinking back about whether or not this where this witness statement comes from, I like if it comes after the national coverage, everybody already knows what all her friends were doing. Everybody right. knows that she was trying to she was obviously going somewhere from the hotel and they can't go to the bars so you would assume that she's trying to get outside right so right exactly uh, depending on when this statement was given who it's from and who took the statement to me it's just it's a an idea it's a theory but it's not like it's not it's not concrete I mean, the concrete answer is it was simply a tragic accident. The other thing besides like the the fact that there was no physical evidence, there's no blood found. Um, I mean, they're saying that it happened in the cooler and they moved her to the freezer. Right. So maybe I don't know if they checked the cooler for physical evidence. Oh, you're so right. I'm not sure. But there still would have on been her body. Right. On I her would body. think so, too. Um Mm-hmm. But the other thing that just like got me about this is that like they said that he turned the the freezer on. Mm-hmm. It's an unused kitchen. So it does make sense that the freezer would have to be turned on. Yeah, that if it's I, a completely I empty freezer. Some, I think that some of the witness statement really holds up like that, for instance, but that, like, the that freezer- part just makes me rethink the idea of it being an accident at all, because why would a freezer be turned on in a completely unused kitchen where there's literally nothing in the freezer? It's an empty freezer. Why are they wasting money turning on this freezer and keeping it cold if they're not using it for anything? Yeah, I agree. That's the only thing from the witness statement that really makes me kind of go. Huh. Wait a second, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it really makes me think about it for a, another second because really, so most of it can be fact. Maybe he did sexually assault her and even rape her and then put her in the freezer. But maybe she didn't fight back. Maybe that part is not because there's no it, physical evidence I mean, of her fighting back. And she was very drunk. Right. And it it also does say that she recognized him. Right. And like smirked at him. So I wonder if even like maybe she was like hooking up with this guy, but like she wouldn't let 
but she wouldn't let like three people rape her without fighting right, back. I don't think that's I don't I don't think so either. But when you're so drunk, I mean, even in the witness statement, he said it didn't seem like she was able to. Yeah, like it did. She she wasn't physically, you know, you ever get to that level of drunk where you really just cannot move your limbs anymore. I don't think I've you ever been can't. that drunk. <laughs> I think that I have where I'm just like, I'm just so tired. Yeah. That I'm not moving. Yeah. Like this is and but you, you I know that there are instances where women get a little bit too drunk and then you just can't physically fight back. You Obviously, she understood yeah. what was going on if she was questioning what was what he was doing. But I don't I think that it's plausible that she was sexually assaulted or even raped in the state of inebriation that she was in and then put in the freezer. I it doesn't seem plausible that she wouldn't try and fight off three men. You know, it seems more likely that it was probably just the guy that she knew. But yeah, the freezer is is a big question mark because somebody would have had to turn it on. So yeah, I I guess I could I could speculate about whether or not it's an accident now, knowing that. I don't know what to believe in this case, honestly. Chicago police are known to be racist, and Chicago is one of the most racist and segregated places in the United States. So I believe that's why Kanika's case wasn't taken as seriously as maybe some others were. We see it all too often. For two months, there were protests to find justice for Kanika Jenkins, and unfortunately, their voices weren't heard and protests slowly stopped. On March 21st, 2018, Jonathan Kenneth Jackson, Kanika's uncle, who was in the True Life Crime episode, was actually shot dead at the age of 27 in the west side of Chicago, and his murder remains unsolved. And then just a few months later on May 30th, Zachary Stoner, who was the Zach TV interviewer who got a lot of these people to talk that never talked to anybody else, like um, Irene and that kind of stuff. He was also shot and killed in the South Loop neighborhood of Chicago, and his murder also remains unsolved. Jesus. There's a lot of unsolved yeah. murders around this case. Yeah. I and do. in Chicago in general. Personally, yeah, that's a shame. I, I know that Chicago is one of the worst places racially in the country, mm-hmm. and the police tend to not take those things seriously, and they didn't really take Kanika seriously at first, but I believe there is enough concrete evidence for you to call it an accident i know it doesn't seem like i mean i know that they initially ignored it as a missing person's case or as a they didn't want to raise any alarms initially but you know it does it looks and sounds like an accident it um yeah i just i i'm just still spectacle 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 (laughs) like the glass your spectacles (laughs) I'm still <laughs> I'm still skeptical <laughs> because I don't know what they're hiding from us. Do you know what I mean? No, I understand because there is footage that we still haven't seen and this that witness statement was so strange and I, who knows if it was looked into correctly. So, yeah, I understand being skeptical. I just or skeptical wh- whatever you want to be. But <laughs> Yeah, I just, I'm spectacle. I'm skeptical. I yeah, but I do agree with you that I feel like 
in the evidence in this case as opposed to some of the others where police have tried to say it was an accident and it's like so clearly not like Rebecca Zahow right like, or the suicide or the girl that was I f- I'm forgetting her name but either crime junkie or morbid covered him or maybe both but her but she was acting strangely and she was dropped off at the LAPD pol- with the LAPD and then yes just, that yes girl. and they let her go right and even that one is unsolved and that one I would never if they said oh that was an accident um I don't really think so guys but and Phoebe Hanschuk yeah all of those. I want I always wanted to cover that case and then I think crime junkie just did it so I'm like, oh, now I have to wait again. But that's another one that's like. Crime Junkie just did it and Morbid did it like. A while ago. Yeah. But I, or maybe last year. I don't know. Morbid's way ahead. But anyway, <laughs> those cases, calling those cases accidents is like, eh, I don't know about that. But this one. This one's a little more believable. And tragically, I yeah, I would say I believe that it was a horrible accident. Yeah. Um, that being said, yeah, I'm still kind of, yeah. And it's still, it's still, you don't know what could have happened if they had taken it seriously from 7, 15 AM when her mom called, she might've still been alive if they had found her that soon. Right. If the police had got involved, they might have been able to do something at that point. She had only been in the cooler for like a few hours. Right. right? So exactly. at that point she might've still been alive mm-hmm. and they might've been able to look at the security footage, guess where she might've ended up and found her. But unfortunately the police don't usually take those things seriously. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> and especially it seems in Chicago. Yeah. And the LAPD. Let's not forget the worst police. <laughs> Do in not. America. Don't forget the <laughs> LAPD. Um, yeah. So Kanika's mother, Teresa Martin, actually filed a lawsuit against the hotel. But I don't know if anything has come of that. I didn't see anything about it. I don't know if she would be able to uh, get any yeah, money. Yeah, I'm not or- sure what what grounds would her lawsuit be on. That I mean, it wasn't. It's not the hotel's job to protect her. Yeah. Uh, right. So I I would have suggested suing the Chicago Police Department. I mean, you probably still won't see anything from it, but y- like you asked them to intervene and they convinced you that it wasn't serious. Right. I I would go for them. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what Again, I a lot of a lot of her family believes that the hotel staff are responsible because they're the ones that are hiding something from them. Oh, so I think that's probably why the she's suing them. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Um, but maybe she's suing them in civil court for the responsibility of because you can sue in civil court for um, wrongful death and neglect having caused that wrongful death or things around that you can be you know because like oj was found guilty in civil court right so you can <laughs> yeah that makes you sense can take it to a different level of court <laughs> yeah so i don't know i haven't seen anything about that um maybe it's because she didn't win i'm not really sure but i think this was more recent because again this case happened only a couple years ago so i don't know yeah maybe it hasn't even gone before a court yet yeah Honestly, with everything else going on, I wonder if that's even, like, up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, with priority. But, yeah, so Kanika Jenkins' case remains closed. They ruled it an accident. 
but a lot of people are still spectacles. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of armchair detectives out here are spectacles. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, so that's all. So if you want to share a picture of your Chicago West Cognac cocktail, you can share a picture with us on Instagram at Dead Drunk Crime. You can also tweet it to us or tweet whatever your theories on the case at us at Dead Drunk Crime. Or you can share your theories with us on Facebook on our Facebook page, which is dead drunk a true crime podcast is our page and then we also have a discussion group called dead drunk discussions join us there yeah put on your tinfoil hats and tell us what you're a spectacle about and, <laughs> <laughs> and then you can read all about this case and dive deeper into it in the sources on our website at deaddrunkpodcast.com and if this wasn't a big enough mystery for you we are still in the process of unlocking israel keys which you can follow on our patreon at patreon.com slash dead drunk join us there i'm so excited <laughs> we got it we're gonna be we're gonna be recording washington soon right yeah I'm yeah excited. we're gonna be diving into the spooky state of washington spoopy spoopy <laughs> <laughs> oh and we'll have merch uh linked in the show notes but hopefully dead drunk face masks dead drunkies we didn't know this is a thing we have phone cases now we have water bottles we have mugs we have dog bandanas for your puppets we have face masks we have mouse pads holy crap there's a pillow socks there's a backpack and a fanny pack <laughs> for our fanny pack oh my loving god. fans yeah oh my god this is amazing mugs i love all of this for the coffee people a camper mug exciting if you camp that's just for you wow oh my gosh exciting exciting stuff <laughs> and i'm gonna make new designs and it's gonna be great it's gonna be really fun but right now you can get our logo on stuff on like literally yeah, but soon you'll be able to get more designs with whatever ridiculous quotes we feel have been t-shirt worthy <laughs> or cup worthy All right, so our, our chaser today is a quiz called How Chicago Are You? Woo! We're going to see how Chicago we are. All right, question number one. Is it windy in Chicago? Of course, that's why they call it the Windy City. No more than most towns, I guess. Or not unless you count the politicians. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I've honestly never been to Chicago. so but I have. I it's would windy. say the first one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. I mean, th I mean, I get. I don't know. It's not like super, super windy, but it's definitely windy. It has to be asked thin crust or deep dish. Okay, I personally think thin crust because, like, I didn't order a sandwich, so I don't want bread. Oh, why don't we go with both have their merits? That's true. I, I deep dish can be really good. Yeah, I don't, but I, when I want pizza, I'm not like deep dish. No, I, when but, I want pizza, I want pizza. But deep dish has its merits as well. It's just like true. a different thing. Oh, your annoying cousin is visiting from out of town and he <laughs> wants to go to that wiener circle place he's heard so much about. What do you recommend he order? 
burger and fries a chicago a chicago style hot dog chocolate milkshake or deep dish pizza oh the chicago style hot dog right if it's a wiener circle i'm gonna get a hot dog a wiener place right yeah have you ever had a chicago dog no what's the style it's like a hot dog there's like a pickle on it there's tomatoes there's like relish and peppers i think it's pretty it's pretty good though it's like it's like nice and crispy i don't Ooh. know that you can honestly go wrong with a hot dog i had a turkey dog recently though it was really good i mean i honestly liked it better than regular hot dogs oh really yeah i you can't i i think i'm moving slowly towards vegetarian but mm. i so i've moved into just birds because um who cares about chickens and turkeys are dicks but yeah they're not cute they're not cute and they're not nice, so I don't feel so bad about it. But turkey anything, the turkey bacon at Perkins restaurant is better than regular bacon. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love that. So you heard possible. it here first, folks. Turkey bacon at Perkins. Yep. Um, okay. How often do you visit the Navy Pier? Once oh, on a mandatory field never. trip, only when guests are in town, only when there are fireworks. I love Navy Pier. It's the greatest place in the world. All right. I've been. I had deep dish pizza when I was there. I literally only went once, though. Um, I'm going to say only when guests are in town because the reason I went was because I was meeting up with people. I okay. mean, and I would be the guest in the town. Oh, but you went to meet up with people that you went to England with, right? Yes. Oh, okay. None of them were from Chicago either, but. But it was the in-between point. But we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're traveling in Europe and you meet a nice couple from Naperville. How do you introduce them to your European friends? Oh my God, I think it's so nice that this question assumes that I have European friends. And it Uh, also assumes that we're from Chicago. I guess we're supposed to be for taking this quiz. Um, These are some friends also from Chicago. These are some friends from the Chicago suburbs. These are some friends also from Illinois. These are some friends that are not from Chicago. Oh, so it's always... Oh, so really the question is, do you think Naperville is Chicago? I think I would just say also from Chicago, because when you're talking to Europeans, they don't care either way. I don't even know if they know Chicago. Yeah. But they they would know Chicago more than they would know Illinois. Right. So, yeah, they're from Chicago. Yeah. Favorite baseball team... Um, I'm going to pick the Cubs because it's, it says Chicago teams are none. Uh, I went to a Cubs game. It was fun. So I'm going to pick the Cubs. My favorite thing about the Cubs game, uh, Wrigley Field is really cool. But um, when the other team took out their pitcher, they started playing. And every, the everybody in the stadium started singing, hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no that's so fun i love it when stadiums have a thing like that yeah and it was like petty but also hysterical (laughs) i love petty things but like imagine being that guy and the whole stadium's like hit the road jack and you're like oh no how do you not dance off this off the field like i just lean into it like (laughs) i wish you guys could see me dancing with my fingers right now (laughs) all right do you put ketchup on your hot dog yes yeah with mustard ketchup mustard yeah yeah i agree that's, that's my hot dog ketchup and too. mustard and maybe some relish i like i sometimes like sauerkraut but really if it's like a barbecue you could put i put beans in the bottom and then the hot dog and then oh ketchup and you've just elevated my life yeah <laughs> you heard uh, it here first you folks. heard it here first <laughs> turkey bacon and beans on your hot dog <laughs> mm. 
All right. You just scored Cubs tickets from a friend leaving work in the loop. The game starts in 30 minutes. How do you get to Wrigley Field in time for the first pitch? Pink line, red line, green line, or blue line? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. Pick pick one. I'm going to pick blue because, oh, but red is too. But I the Cubs shirt that I have is blue. All right. <laughs> so that's how I'm going to choose. That blue. feels like a good way to choose. Yeah. I can't wait for them to be like, you are 0% Chicago. <laughs> That would make sense, seeing as we're not from there. <laughs> <laughs> I have been once. Oh, my God. But Home Alone was in Chicago. And I went to visit oh, the house, yeah. and it and it was boarded up, and I was really sad. So I photoshopped, so I photoshopped me in front of a picture of the house and pretended. <laughs> it's not loading. Oh, here we go. What is a parking chair? A chair designating a parking space is reserved. A chair is so comfortable you can't get out of it. A foldable chair to take to the park. The friend in your social circle with the most parking tickets. Oh my god. I want to say it's a chair designated designating a parking space is reserved. Yeah, I, that one makes the most sense, but I really wanted it to be the friend in your social circle with the most parking tickets. Who's the parking chair? <laughs> um, all right, last question. How would you compare Chicago to New York City? There's a lot more going on in New York City. They're pretty indistinguishable in most regards. Chicago is a little more friendly, a little more Midwestern. Chicago is Chicago enough said. I mean, is it more friendly? I would just expect that to be the one. I mean, I think it is more friendly, but... So, yeah, I guess that one is the one. Chicago is so much cleaner than New York City. Like, I wish that was an option. Um, they should have put that. That's a really good trait to have as a big city. Yeah. That you're clean. So why yeah. is that not an answer? It, yeah. It doesn't have the same smell. That sounds <laughs> nice. Every time I, I get out of Grand Central in the city, I'm like, ooh, hot garbage. That's what it smells like in the summer. And then in the winter, it smells like wet garbage. So it's just. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to put Chicago's a little more friendly, a little more Midwestern, because I guess that I guess clean is Midwestern and friendly. I don't know. Yeah, I could. I was going to say that, too. Also, they have the river there. That's like really nice. And the river doesn't like smell bad. Oh, that must be nice. <laughs> At least it didn't when I was there. It might normally. I don't know. Oh, I have to take a survey to see my result. Oh, all right are 40% Chicago. Yay. That's a lot more than I thought, though. So. Oh, my God. Me, too. I'm proud of us, actually. Pretty good. I'm, like, pretty proud. It's like, what would your friends think? There's, like, no other... Oh, have you ever even been to Chicago? Maybe you'd be more at home in Milwaukee. Oh, that's, like, rude. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whatever. No, thank you. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Bye, Mom. Best wishes. Warm as we go.